I'm going to open us up in prayer. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the what's going on down in um, uh, Fairdale, um, Kirkland. Uh, I've got some good friends. Actually, the pastor of Genoa is kind of um, coordinating some of the activity down there. They don't need any more people. Today, I guess this morning, they had over 600 people kind of show up down there. Uh, they're working underneath uh, Operation Blessing, which um, is good because they're coordinated, coordinated enough to handle situations like this. But uh, from the reports that I've heard from people down there, there's a lot of people that are just going down there to look and to take pictures. <laughs> and that's the last thing they can do because they're blocking um, access. Uh, a gentleman um, that I heard from today, he went down there. He was requested to go down there with chainsaws and a chipper so he can start you know, clearing some of the debris around there. He couldn't even get down there. So, um, you know, if you have that curiosity and stuff, there's enough video and there's enough pictures on, online until they can do that. Um, also, I did open up our uh, paper angel closet. Uh, I did let um, her know, um, Melissa, or, um, Melissa Myers, who's the pastor of Genoa down there, that we're available for that. Uh, also, our district superintendent. So we're kind of on standby right now. They've got a lot of donations that have come in and they're kind of being based out of the Kirkland uh, Fire Department. Tomorrow evening, um, everyone is invited. There's a prayer service at the Kirkland First United Methodist Church uh, at 5 o'clock. So if anyone wants to kind of, you know, do, do their part and stuff, they're inviting people from all over to go down to the Kirkland uh, United Methodist Church for a prayer service tomorrow evening. Um, Obviously, the best way that you can do it, there's several ways online through the Red Cross. Even UMCOR has a special designated number to where you can give financial donations to because that's always wise because what they need this second, five minutes from now, they need something else. So monetary uh, donations are always a blessing in this area. And then uh, I know there's emergency response teams down there uh, in the next coming coming weeks, if anybody wants to go down and actually physically do work, um, that'll be coming, you know, in the weeks and months ahead. So it'll be an ongoing problem, you know, just from the reports, there were 150 homes in Fairdale that are no more. So um, it's it was a devastating storm. If anybody kind of looked outside, it looked really weird even here, and we were miles away from it. So um, I want to open us up in prayer, and especially prayer pray for um, those families and uh, the workers that are down there. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, letting us gather tonight to hear your word. Um, be with those families, be with the, 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 um, the, the emergency personnel as they do search and rescue, as they try to get uh, people uh, back in their homes, uh, what's left of them. Um, uh, thank you for your people with the outpouring of gifts and um, donations uh, thus far, but let us all remember that, you know, um, now it's on our minds, but months later, it may not be. But so keep that area in our uh, thoughts and prayers. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love this time of year. Um, you know, who watched basketball last week? March Madness, right? Uh, Wisconsin? Eh. 
and stuff. I had Wisconsin actually all the way through, so I'm surprised they got it that far. But Duke was it was it was a very good um, uh, uh, Final Four. It was actually a good March Madness this year. Some of the best games I've ever seen in, ba- um, in basketball. Um, it was also Easter last week. Biggest time of the year. Biggest crowds. Biggest productions. Uh, biggest hats. You know, I saw people with Easter hats on. Uh, the biggest Easter egg hunt was out at Lockwood Park. Um, and it's where the church can really show off on what we believe in. Uh, the weather, we can't complain about the weather. How about today and stuff? And then baseball, Cubs and Sox, Brewers, eh, they don't look so hot. Tonight's message, and actually the series, is called Big and Small. And then tonight it's especially big and small in us. Last year when we sat down to plan out our teaching schedule for this year, I really leaned into something that I feel God was laying on my heart for this series. I was reading a book by Phil Needham, When God Becomes Small, and at the same time was being torn by something else having to do with the concept of being big. That somehow if you were small, that was a sign of weakness. These discussions mainly were talking about the church. You know, bigger was better after all, more people, bigger budgets, bigger impact, all came out of this thinking of getting bigger. So at our New Life uh, Worship Planning Retreat, I said, I'd like to teach on that concept of big and small. At the time, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Uh, So here we are six months later. I really began to pay attention of what it meant, this big versus small. I knew this series was going to be for three weeks. So week one, I could talk about being big. Week two, I could talk about being small. And week three, I could, I didn't know quite what what I was going to talk about. But as I started to research this topic, I began to see how each one of us has a big and small in something. Maybe a lot of things. Your height, your stature, your lifestyle, your taste, your faith, hope, love. There's this whole culture forming about anti-bigness. I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm from the boomer generation where if, you know, it was all about having the big car, the big, you know, the big, you know, the big job in a big building with a big office in a big town. Um, Live in a big house with a big garage, maybe two, maybe three of them, three of them. G.K. Chesterton, an English writer and lay theologian, poet, and philosopher, said this. There are two ways to get enough. One is to continue to accumulate more and more. The other is to desire less. But there's this movement that I discovered. I came across a documentary called Tiny Houses. I don't know if anybody's seen this. Has anyone heard or seen this? Uh, You build a house, most of the time on nothing larger than a boat trailer, Efficient on space, leaving very small environmental footprint. Um, and I wanted to show you this clip. I thought it was really funny. If Anders got the video. Hi, welcome to Tiny Town. Micro village. Little place. And that's a tiny micro house. Yeah, it's very, very efficient. Everything is thought out. No waste of space anywhere. This is a bathroom and a home office. Can you hand me the uh, shower gel, please? Yes, coming up. Thank you. How's your novel coming along? Really great. I'm on page one and a half. See this kitty litter box? Out of sight. We have a library. Oh, 
fine. How's that book? It's great. I just, you know, wanted a little alone time. I'm just hanging out watching TV. I'm just taking a bath. Oh, I'm ready to wash my hair. Uh, I can't see the TV now. Can what? I can I shut it off? I can't see the TV. Sure. Kendall. Hey. I forgot the code to the door. Can you just come down and let me in? I'm upstairs. Every little closet, every little space, every little cubby hole. Micro living. Thanks for making the bed. That was very nice. So what did you want, cream? Yeah. Okay. You're always breathing down the back of my neck. It's like I can feel your hot breath on me all the time. Mmm. Some false toast. There you go. Bon appetit. So, so. Okay. Move into a micro house. In a micro community. Come on, move in. We'll take you five minutes. Oh, micro house, babe. I've always wanted to do that. We could look like that. We're free spirits. Who cares? Yes, I'm down I with love it. You. Right. We're coming. <laughs> I love Portlandia and stuff. We should do that. We're free spirits. <laughs> Kids would be out of the house. We could just buy, you know, build a. A small house, a tiny house. Okay. All right. But tonight's message comes from Luke 19, 1 through 10. It's a very familiar story of Zacchaeus. I first heard the story from my mother. And she sang and encouraged all of us, you know, to do the gestures and the hand motions. Somehow my mom was, that was our way of acting. That was our way of um, uh, showing off. Um, and everybody knows the song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And I don't know how that made people see better. <laughs> and as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree. And this was my favorite part because we could use our outside voices inside. You know, we could yell it at the top of our lungs. Zacchaeus, you come down, because I'm going to your house today. The rich tax collector, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. Now, this was the first and only time that Jesus actually went to Jericho uh, on his way to Jerusalem. Um, So when I read that, I thought that was kind of interesting. A man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. Now, tax collectors during that day were despised. People hated them. They collected the taxes for the Roman Empire. Now, the empire didn't pay their tax tax collectors, okay? They got nothing from the government. But they were allowed to keep anything up above or beyond the tax. So you can tell these people kind of cheated, kind of strong-darned people, whatever they could do. And Zacchaeus was a rich man, which meant he was really good at his job. He did really good. Um, during those days, there was no TurboTax, H&R Block of those days. The tax, when the tax man came knocking, you needed to pay up. Earlier in Luke, it talks about some of the miracles of Jesus, just like in our last series, The Grave Robber. Tax collectors collect, collected from everyone. There was no uh, exemptions because you were blind or lame or demon-possessed. Everyone paid. Now, it says here that Zach was rich, so he must have been doing all right, pretty good, um, pretty good, well off. Probably had a big house, 
big car, I mean donkey. But he must have known about Jesus. Maybe one of the taxpayers told him. Maybe it was something, someone who had seen the miracles. Or even the blind man, uh, the one who could now see. The lame man who can now walk. But it says he went to see Jesus. He wanted to see him. Now, verse 3, he was trying to see Jesus, uh, who Jesus was. Being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. We don't know how high the sycamore tree was, but sycamore trees in the U.S. can get about 180 feet tall. They're pretty big trees. But during those days, a date tree which is comparable to a sycamore tree of that, um, in that area, can be about 20 to 25 feet tall. But he climbed because he wanted to see Jesus. When Jesus came to the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay at your home today. Now Jesus had faith in Zac, called him by name. Zac, come down. I want to spend some time with you. I'm sure a response would have been, my house is a mess. You know, I have a sink full of dishes, bathroom, it's not clean, bed's not made. But Zacchaeus opened up his home to Jesus. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Why? Why did the tax collector, one of the most despised persons of the day, happy to wel- be happy to welcome Jesus? Was it he wanted a closer look? Was he wanted to get close to the Messiah? Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now, once everybody heard that Jesus was hanging out with the tax collector, it was kind of jealous, jealousy. This isn't the first time Jesus hung out with tax collectors. Even one of his disciples, Matthew, was one. Zacchaeus stopped uh, and said to the Lord, 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 or look, Lord, he called him Lord. He knew, had faith who Jesus was. Now here comes confession time. I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Change of heart, transformation of someone that uh, appeared to be very wealthy from his profession. Jesus said to him, Today salvation will come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. He's just like all of us, you and me, no bigger, no smaller, no richer, no poorer, just like a child of God. And then it closes out, The human one came to seek and save the lost. Now I came across an article about how some animals, in order to protect themselves, sometimes appear bigger than they actually are. How many people have seen like a puffer fish or a balloon fish, they call them? And here's a picture of what they look like when they're not puffed up. And then the next one, so when they, you know, when someone tries to attack them or something, what they do is they they inhale water and, and the air and they compress the air in their lungs and then all of a sudden they let it out just like a submarine and they get big like that. Um, there's actually a video that I saw online of an alligator trying to eat one of those. And the alligator snatched it, and then it 
kind of got really big and no longer could the alligator hold the fish in its mouth. But it's a defect, uh, defense mechanism in order to protect himself. Now that's where the balloon comes in. How many people got a balloon? Everybody get a balloon? Who needs a balloon? Now only blow it up if you have to because I was told by someone that I bought the wrong balloons. They're helium balloons, which helium balloons are a little thicker than regular balloons. So they're, they may be a little hard to blow up. So you've got to stretch them like this. You know how you do that to kind of loose them up? Okay. Your faith is a lot like a balloon. All right. God uses five things to grow your faith. Whether it's practical teaching, you know, the message delivered by the messenger will help blow up your faith. Here at New Life, or or Providential relationships is the next thing, number two. People who come in contact with have a deep relate, or you have a deep relationship with can help you um, grow your faith. Here at New Life, we have a couple of ways to help you out with that. Tonight and every second Saturday, we do something after worship called Taste a New Life where there's plenty of food, we share a meal, and get to know each, each other better. It's a place where you can have, get your questions answered about new life. We also have form um, during uh, certain series that we do. Now, form meets on Wednesday night, and what we do is um, we get together and we share a little deeper in the message that we heard about on Saturday. But it's where you can gather with other people that have the same questions, and um, that's how I learn is I learn from other people. You know, I don't say anything, but I learn from other people's questions and um, or state, you know, comments that they make. So we also have formation groups where three to four people get in a real relationship where something like sh- iron sharpens iron kind of relationship. My formation group can be brutally honest. We can be brutally honest with one another. Third way is private uh, disciplines. Prayer, fasting, reading scripture, singing praises, and worship songs. See, you guys are doing great. See, I did buy the right balloons. <laughs> but private d- disciplines, prayer, fasting, reading scripture, singing songs, and worship and praises. Now, the fourth thing is a personal ministry. And this week I was at a meeting, and they read uh, in Matthew 25, Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me the clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was was in prison and you came in to visit me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you, or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did, you, when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will re- reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. 
That's all about personal ministry. And then the fifth thing is pivotal circumstances. Maybe that is what Zach had with one of his taxpayers and led him to the Savior. John Wesley said something about faith. Faith is the divine evidence whereby the spiritual man discerneth God and the things of God. Um, So by discerning God, by doing those five things, you can gain faith. Now what are we to do with that faith? First thing, reach out with seeking faith. You know, Zach came, um, Jesus came to Jericho, and Zach went to go see him. Because um, he was, um, and he, being a wealthy person, he went to go see Jesus. The second thing is understand with intelligent faith. In Luke 19.8, Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, he knew that he, um, he was the Messiah. In Acts, it talks about, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. In Romans 10.9, it says, That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that the God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The third thing, open your heart with experiential faith. Um, You know, look, um, Jesus told, reached the spot and looked up at him and said, Jesus, come down immediately. I must stay at your home today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. The fourth thing, stand up with courageous faith. In Luke, all the people saw and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of the sinner. People talked behind his back. People were criticizing him for what he wanted to do. Matthew 10, 32 through 33, whatever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. And the fifth thing, change the world with transforming faith. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. 2 Corinthians, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is the new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, Zacchaeus was big enough. Not to let the crowds keep him from Jesus. Zacchaeus was big enough to accept the offer that Jesus had, regardless of what other people thought. Zacchaeus was big enough to repent and starting, or started making the necessary changes in his life immediately. How big are you? Are you big enough to listen to the Holy Spirit urging you? Are you big enough to follow the instructions given by Peter to a group of people who when they realize that the ant- where the answers lie in the salvation through Jesus Christ. So in cl- conclusion, I want to end with a quick story. Last week during our paper angel closet, we received hundreds of items for our closet. Bethany Presbyterian Youth um, from down in uh, Loves Park uh, also gave us a check to go along with a big box of items that they had been collecting. 
I had one of the line dancers every Tuesday and Thursday. We have line dancers in the building doing line dancing. I had one of the line dancers hand me money for the closet. And we've received two other donations in the mail just this week. And a carload of supplies um, that you can see on there that came from the Office of Special Education. lady came with a whole carload full of supplies for our paper angel closet. But the one that really touched me the most was the letter and the check that we got from the church. Uh, church. Um, and it came from a five-year-old boy, Ethan. And this is what they wrote. Last Sunday, a young boy in our congregation told his grandmother he wanted to donate his allowance to, keep, to help the homeless children. Gave his allowance. Now it was a dollar. But you know that dollar can make a difference. One buck can make a difference. You know, we can see change for a dollar. What if we started a buck offering? Some churches call it a loose change offering, where we would put a dollar in, pray over that offering as to where and how God would use it. That's faith. We could call it, you know, the, the church that I saw do it, they call it change for a buck. You know, that one dollar can, you know, have a lot of impact. That's faith. I'm going to cl- close out with um, this quote, and it really struck me, by Carl Sagan. The nitrogen in our DNA, the calcium in our teeth, the iron in our blood, the carbon in the apple pies were made from the interiors of collapsing stars. We are made of star stuff. How big's a star? The sun is a star. And we're all made from that. So are you big enough? Can all let out for balloons. We're going to move into a time of... Um, Mark calls it communion, and our elements have been pre-blessed by him. So, um, But I came across something called a love feast. And I like the words that were um, talked about in here, so I'm going to kind of go through this um, little service. Um, now, the early Christians of times past had a common meal which expressed the self-giving love seen ultimately to God's love for the world. Since that early time, many Christians have desired to celebrate Holy Communion. Due to the lack of an ordained ministry, minister, they could not. Thus, this service with, with a similar significance was established that did not require an ordained minister. This meal was called an agape feast. Agape being the Greek word for self-giving love of God, seen in God's love for the world. Today we call it a love feast. The love feast acknowledges uh, our koinonia, our community, sharing, friendship, and unity through the symbols and the bread and the water. Now, Andrew Scott, the Confessions of Faith, we'll go through that now. And that's the Apostles' Creed. We could do that. 
I believe in the God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. In the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Recognizing that we all sin and are at the mercy of God, we take this time to confess our sins and be assured of the forgiveness that is available to us through Jesus Christ. Christ, our risen Savior, you came that we may know you, God. You offered us life and freedom from sin. Yet we turn our backs on your love and receive your offer of life. You call us to come out, but we remain in tombs. Forgive us what we have done and said. Forget what we failed to do or say. Renew us to new life in your kingdom. In the most miraculous event in history, Christ rose from the dead and offers you new life. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. You, um, you who are determined to hold fast this tie of Christian community and friendship, surround now this table where we shall pledge anew that love, repentance, and fellowship which binds us to one another and to God who is the source of our love. Almighty God, help us realize that we are individuals that are apart from um, the one whole and we uh, dedicate our lives to each other in loving service for all humanity. May our ties of human community and mutual helpfulness Bind us as we work towards the fulfillment of your divine purpose and the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. Amen. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gave you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God in which uh, is of which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. We take this bread as a symbol and the strength that comes up from God and remembering that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Jesus said, Everything, everyone who drinks um, water, we're using juice, will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that will give them will never be thirsty the water that I have given you will become in them a spring of water gushing up in eternal life. We take this water as a symbol of the abundant life, love, and friendship shown to us. Now, we'll, we do our communion by intention. So the, I'll ask the communion servers to come forward.
and I'll also ask the band to And the ushers will dismiss you row by row.